98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the clock on this Friday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station. We are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Bernsey, what's going on? How'd you enjoy your Thursday night football last night? You know, it's, it, 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 it's, so, right? it's so different. It's so different. First of all, I thought they did a good job putting on the event. Like it, and I, I even watched afterwards. They did an interview with Patrick Mahomes. They had him come out with the table of the discussion. Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be a star, by the way. He was good, wasn't he's he? He's going to be a star. He's, he's really good. And Whitworth, I like Whitworth, too. Like, they got a good crew. They got a really they got good, good crew. crew. That's a really good crew. Their crew was good. Yes. Whatever they're paying those guys, they had, a good, they had a good crew. I, I thought it was, uh, I, I thought the broadcast was good. The only, the hard part is, like, I'm watching Dre Jameson pitch. Like, and the ability to be able to go back and forth is challenging. It's it's impossible. It's, it's challenging. Yeah, it's impossible. You have to you have to like exit. And the other thing about about Amazon Prime, try you know me and you we re, we rewind a lot of plays because you want to see stuff. It's the re, the rewind's awful. Like press rewind and just circle circle <laughs> circle. I guess it'll be like just forget it, forget just forget it. I will not rewind anything. Their rewind features and fast forward features are freaking awful, but the broadcast itself was good. I didn't try the rewind or fast forward features. It's terrible at all. I, I'll, terrible. I'll, have to, I'll have to give that a test. I, I mean, I, I felt like I was watching a football game. You know, like like yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. I felt like, in fact, if anything, my my beef would have been, and it's a small beef. Just Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit are a weird pairing for me. It's a, it's a, it, only because the age gap, not so much the age gap, just I'm so accustomed to hearing Kirk call college football games. It's weird for me to have him call pro games. I don't know why. It's he just, did a good job. I thought he did a good job. I just thought the two of them together, it's going to, yeah. it's like kind of like, you know how you go to like some like fancy couple. Well, like you go to some fancy restaurants and honestly, God, I've seen this on the menu before. You can get like a hamburger with peanut butter on it. Sounds disgusting to me. I love hamburgers. I love peanut butter. I don't like peanut butter on my hamburger, you know? And I kind of sure. kind of felt the same way with Al Michaels and Kirk Hershey. Like, I like both of these guys. I just don't know if I like them. You like Nutella? Colin, is, I love Nutella. Oh, okay. You'll but, love Italy. But not on a hamburger. You'll love Italy. <laughs> on a hamburger. Have Nutella with everything. Uh, let's uh, weigh in on our top story of the day. It's not Thursday Night Football. You know what it's about here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. The weigh in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. And away we go. There it is. Exactly what we kind of figured was going to happen here. Today, PayPal CEO and President Dan Schulman released the following statement regarding the status of PayPal's sponsorship with the Phoenix Suns. PayPal is a values-driven company and has a strong record of combating racism, sexism, and all forms of discrimination. We reviewed the reports, uh, have found his conduct, Robert Sarver's, unacceptable and in conflict with our values. PayPal's sponsorship with the Suns is set to expire at the end of the current season. In light of the findings of the NBA's investigation, we will 
not renew our sponsorship should Robert Sarver remain involved with the Phoenix Suns organization after yeah. serving his suspension. Listen, the day it came out, we said, listen, well, what Adam Silver is doing, and uh, he's punting, and he's going to see, let, let's see what happens now. Let's, let's, let's see where the chips will fall after I punt the ball. I'm going to punt the ball. One year suspension, $10 million fine. Then you let the media play it out. You let the fans play it out. You let some players play it out. But the biggest thing, and I talked about John Najafi from day one. From day one, John Najafi's stuff. If anybody's going to come out against Robert in the ownership group, it was going to be John Najafi. He came out yesterday at the end of our show with that statement calling for the resignation of Robert Sarver. Now, what we had said the day that the the, the information came out is that there is a in, in the legal agreement between the ownership group, they do have the ability, you know, for cause to remove him. It, it would have to be for cause. One of the things that could lead to cause is, you know, if sponsors start pulling out left and right and you lose a bunch, then there's financial implications. Yeah. Your business has been affected by his, and and then Robert's fiduciary duty, his fiduciary duty would he would not be handling that, right? If, the, if you start to lose sponsors and and everybody starts to lose revenue and money and the reputation of the 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 enterprise, the enterprise is damaged. Well, then at that point, they would have the cause that they would need if they decide to go down that road. I got two thoughts about this and, and, and knowing that we had kind of known, you know, that this was the potential path this could go. Okay. And thought number one, I think of all the things that have happened so far, whether it's Sean Najafi, whether it's the Adam Silver press conference, the, the Chris Paul tweet, the LeBron James tweet, I think this is the biggest domino so far. I think this is the biggest thing that has happened so far because this is money. And at the end of the day, this is going to be about money and money is going to be the reason why the minority owners feel like they might have to move on. So I think so far, this is the biggest domino to fall. I think number two, one of my biggest takeaways from this was the part of the statement that I didn't read. Quote, while we strongly reject the conduct of Robert Sarver, we remain supportive of the team. It's players and the experienced and diverse talent now leading the organization, including Monty, James, Morgan Cato, assistant GM, senior vice president of people and culture, Kim Corbett, as if to say it's not the organization. It's not the players. It's not the coach. It's him. It's him. It's Robert Sarver. It's him. And I thought about this. I thought... Will the minority owners, in like assessing where they stand on this, be able to separate Robert Sarver from the Suns, right? Like, we need to do what's best for the Phoenix Suns. We don't need to do what's best for Robert Sarver. We need to do what's best for the Phoenix Suns, and what's best for the Phoenix Suns might be moving on from Robert Sarver. And I thought the PayPal statement kind of made that clear. We don't want to move on from the Phoenix Suns. We like the Phoenix Suns. Right. We like our partnership right. with the Phoenix Suns. We don't like him. We're not doing this if he's there. So we can't in good faith stay and, if and, he's here. And sure. I think that's the distinction is that is I wonder how many of these minority owners feel like I got to stand by Robert versus I got to stand by the sons and starting to separate those two entities into two separate things. Well, there was another statement from another sponsor. So we've heard from two sponsors. PayPal spends about three million a year with the Phoenix Suns. OK, that's a, that's that's pretty good coin. Three million dollars a year. The other was Kia. Yep. Kia had a statement as well, which uh, I think you have it in front of you, right? If you do, you could read it. As an official partner of the NBA, Kia America supports the NBA and WNBA's position based on their investigation regarding the owner of the Suns. We stand with the league, the players, the fans, and the need for respectful and inclusive workplaces and look forward to continuing our relationships with the entire NBA community. And that's it. Not as 
bold as PayPal's, not as we're taking our business and going elsewhere. Just a, we stand by the NBA and this thing can't happen. It, it didn't come near as close to the no. bold statement. No. Speaking, so, so no, like, we're pulling out no, or we're, no like threats that. or anything nope. like that. No like ultimatums, that. which PayPal, basically, it's an ultimatum. It's an ultimatum. Get rid of him. He goes or we go. Right. He goes or we go. Your choice. Your choice. But if he's still there, we're gone. And if he's gone, then we will stay. And we got $3 million. There's 3 million reasons right now. So that now there are many other sponsors and advertisers, some big, some small. And whether they have a say in this down the road or not, you just, again, every day something new is happening here. We knew it. Like this is going to play out over the next couple of weeks. Something new happened since the two statements were released by the corporate partners. This is Tamika Tremaglio, the executive director of the National Basketball Players Association, making it crystal clear on ESPN Today what her Players Association wants. I, we are absolutely calling for that. We do not want him to be in a position where he is managing or engaging with individuals who are engaging with our players or our players themselves. We are absolutely clear from the findings that are in that report that we do not want him to be in that position. Here's more from Tamika Tremaglia. I did absolutely have that conversation with Adam, and I was very clear of what our expectations are. I think, you know, Adam has been very willing to hear me as well as hear others, and I think he's also had several conversations with our players as well. Um, I I don't know how open he is in terms of you know actually wanting to make the change. I think it is our hope um, that it'll be very clear that Mr. Sarver should not be in a position to be able to come back and be in a managerial position. I think we've heard from other owners, we've heard from sponsors, etc., and I think it's pretty clear that there is no expectation of him returning. She's authorized on behalf of the players yes. she represents to say that. Yes. Now, is that as strong as the players individually coming out and saying things? Probably not. But she's authorized on behalf of the players she represents to say what she just said on national right. TV today. I wonder, like, there is a leadership group with the NBA. You don't have to talk to every single player, and every, but each team has a leader, and I'm sure she in some way communicated with them, this is our approach, this is what we're going to say. If anybody, you know, if anybody has anything different to say, then go ahead and do that. So I would imagine that there was 10 or 12, you know, people in NBA, power power positions, players that were involved in that discussion. Yep, we stand at the ready as soon as there's more news about this, another sponsor or another statement or another somebody in power saying something about this, ramping up the pressure on the Suns minority owners to do something about it. We'll let you know. But as of right now, it is, it's is—it's been a busy day and it might get busier or nothing might happen the rest of today. We'll see. Keep it right here and I promise we'll keep you completely updated on what's going on with the ownership of the Phoenix Suns. Now, when we come back here on Burns and Gambo, we'll turn our attention to the Arizona Cardinals. The injury report is out and what was probably the team's deepest position is now their thinnest position. That next, Burns and Gambo. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. All right, don't forget, Steve Kimes set to join us in about 45 minutes from right now. His weekly visits, our weekly visit with the general manager of the Cardinals as they get ready to take on the Raiders. Uh, two teams, neither one of which want to fall to 0-2. I don't think that means this game rises to the level of must win, but 
but certainly neither team wants to go to 0-2. It's if not you like, lose, then next week's must yeah, win. Absolutely, without question. I mean, you lose to the, you lose to the Raiders and you lose to the Rams and you're 0-3, and I know the schedule's going to ease up a little bit there, but that's that's a tough climb. Now you're, down tough to, climb. now you're down to 14 games, and you probably got to go 9-5 and five to make the playoffs. Yes, at least. At least nine and five. Yeah, I think. Nine, I think. I mean, you could go eight and six and make the playoffs if you think an eight and nine team right. can make the playoffs. But I, you're looking at nine. You got to go nine. And you you got to be safe and at least mm-hmm. go nine and five. And you might even need to go ten and four in those last four. You just put games. yourself in a big hole. Not yeah. to say it's impossible, like, but your odds are going to be very low. No doubt about it. So yeah, we're not quite to must win territory, but lose this week, and you can certainly see it from here. The injury report is out for this game against the Raiders, and I, the the thing. That stands out more than anything is the position that we thought they were the deepest at, they are now the thinnest at, and that's the wide receiver position. Andy Isabella and Rondell Moore have officially been ruled out. Not surprised on Rondell Moore, right? I mean, you... That that injury, that hamstring injury, especially if it's a grade one hamstring injury, what he had at Purdue, right? He missed eight games one year and a few games the next year. Like that is that's gonna keep you out three or four weeks. Yeah. You're not coming back no, from that right away. Not a surprise at all. In fact, I'm I'm sort of surprised. Well, I mean, it's not bad enough to put him on IR, obviously, uh, where he's guaranteed to miss four games. I suppose if it were bad enough to do that, they would have done that. So maybe there's a hope they can get him back sooner. I just assumed based off of the description of the injury and the history of the injury with the player that we're probably looking at two, three, maybe four weeks before you get him back. But it's not just him. It's Isabella now, too. So you think about it. Your number one wide receiver, suspended. Your number three wide receiver, hamstring injury. Your number five wide receiver, if that's what you want to count Antoine Wesley. He's out. Your number six Mm -hmm. wide receiver, if that's what you want to count Andy Isabella at. I mean, you got really thin at that position in a real big hurry right now. So so those balls, you got quality tight ends and running backs, and you might have to use them a lot more in this passing game coming up against the Raiders with uh, you know with yourself with being depleted with the wide receivers. So you've got your number two Hollywood Brown, your number four AJ Green, your number five if you want in Greg Dortch, and then like I said, you're missing six and seven. Um, those two guys have been ruled out. The rest of the injury report kind of reads like this: these guys are questionable for the game. Trayvon Mullen is questionable. Justin Pugh is questionable. Jalen Thompson practiced today on a limited basis and is questionable for the game. Jalen Thompson or J.J. Watt, I should say, is questionable for the game as well. So those are your four guys that are kind of like game-time decisions. Cliff Kingsbury, hopes Justin Pugh can go. I hope so. Hopefully the next uh, 48 hours he feels good and um, we get him out there Sunday and work him out. He's, he's ready to go. If not big, him, big, it's big. He's it's a big. good player. Because if not him, could be Max Garcia. He is, yeah. Max, having been here last year, very familiar with what we do in our um, our scheme, and he, he's picked the game plans up quick, so he would step in and, and be the backup, I think. But yeah. Justin Pugh is big. Yeah, Justin Pugh is big because, look, you want to – what did they not do last week? They didn't run the ball. Now, part of the reason is they got down by so much they didn't run the ball. But you have brought up an excellent stat yesterday. It's like, look, you're much better having a 100-yard rusher than you are a 100-yard receiver. You're going to win a lot more games with a 100-yard rusher than you are with the receivers. As a matter of fact, the Cardinals were involved in five games last year with a 100-yard rusher on either side. It was four wins 
and one loss the team when you've got a hundred yard rush to the team that had a hundred yard rush. Yeah, it was a fascinating stat, which you know hopefully will make you stop believing more in running backs <laughs> instead of kicking them to the curb all the time. <laughs> but like, if you get Justin, I think part of the reason they didn't run as much. Obviously, they got down. Kansas City scored. They got the ball back. They scored. They got the ball. Now you're chasing. You're chasing, so you're throwing. So you don't want to get the, the Cardinals are going to be a much better team when they get to play from ahead. That's why it made no sense to me that Cliff said, I'm going to give Patrick Mahomes the ball to start the game. What? Like, really? Why? Take the ball, go score, make them chase you. Yeah. Don't give them the ball with Patrick Mahomes. Like, take the ball. So I don't, like, if I'm Cliff, I always want the ball. I want the ball to start the game because I need to play from ahead. My defense is suspect. I don't want to chase. I want to play from ahead. I want the ball. So they get the ball to the second half. Who cares? Yeah. I'll be, my defense will be rested because it's halftime. You've had me thinking about that all week. And I, I got to imagine that Cliff, who usually defers if he wins, probably did so because he felt like his defense was good enough. Your defense not good enough anymore. Your defense isn't good enough to defer anymore. Your offense is the, you're absolutely right, is the reason why you're going to win games. I think if they win the toss, Cliff should take the ball every single time, too. I'll be curious to see if his level of confidence in his defense has been shaken so badly that he'll change his ways. They go, you know what? On second thought, give me the ball. I want the ball to start. I, I need. I need to. I need to have them chase, not me chase. I think you're 100 percent right about that. As far as the defense goes, we haven't seen him yet in a game. Trayvon Mullen, can he give them quality snaps at the corner position? I do. Yeah, we'll, we'll limit the menu and, and uh, make sure we're doing things he understands and uh, can play fast and, and not think too much. But uh, with a limited number of corners it'd be nice to have an extra body that's for sure okay yeah sounds like they really want him to go and they really need him to go when they do yeah because you know what we need to find out with Trayvon Mellon really quick too is like can he play like yeah. can you play like can you be one of the top three cornerbacks on this team we've heard good things about you but now but now we have to see him play that and then the J.J. Watt question. Did not practice on Wednesday, was limited on Thursday, was limited on Friday. Set a level of expectations yesterday that he would be ready to go and that he would be good on Sunday. We've had a lot of conversations about J.J. We acknowledged yesterday how much of a disappointment Watt has been so far in a Cardinals uniform. All eyes are going to be on him to see what he's got and, and see how he changes the dynamic of that defense, which needs all the talent on that side of the ball they can possibly get right His now. reputation alone makes you be leery of him if you are an offense, an offensive coordinator. you got to be aware of J.J. Watt. He's very capable still of having some big games. May not be able to do it week in and week out, but he's capable of it. So when he's out there, you know, you've got to account for him. The question with him has been availability. has been very available since he's been an Arizona Cardinal. It looks like a waste of $31 million so far, but there's still time left. He needs to get out there and not just play, but play well. Jalen Thompson was limited today and Cliff Kingsbury basically said it's it's a game time decision for him. Here's what Cliff said about his talented safety. Game time. Yeah. Same deal. We'll get him out there Sunday, run him around and see if he can he can do it. Is he the one we're holding our breath about the most? Yeah, of course. It is, of right? Of course. Sure. He's one Even of the best JJ. players. Yeah. He's one of your best players. Yeah. I mean, you you know, look, you know me, I'm a big believer. You win with your best players. Your best players have to play well for you to win in anything. Your best players don't play well. You, it's a good chance you're not going to win. Well, he's one of their best players. They they need him to be out there. So yeah, I would say him more than anybody. Uh, yeah, I mean the the he, the, the the three well the four the four that are questionable Mullen Pugh Thompson JJ. If I were ranking them, I would go in terms of importance of guys I'd want to have play. I'd go Jalen one Pugh two. 
Pew 2, Watt 3, Mullen 4. I agree. I agree. Pew and Water close. That's, I need that offensive line to to give. I need the best offensive line I can for Kyla because I've got Crosby and I got Chandler Jones, and you know Chandler's going to want to feast. And Crosby and those guys didn't have any sacks last week, and there's pressure on them. I need my best offensive line. So to me, the, the Pew is more important than JJ Watt for the simple fact that you know you got to run the ball and you got to try to you know protect Kyler as best you can against that pass rush. You can text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line is open always throughout the course of the show. Text us. At 620-620 right now, we get a chance. We'll read the best ones on the air. When we come back, rookie pitcher debuts in the Arizona Diamondbacks and the San Diego Padres, for that matter. It's like peanut butter and jelly, man. Match made in heaven. That's next. Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. I actually can't wait to see the results of the poll question. Oh, I'm really I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Just right. because it's the, it's the thing we do on Fridays, right? And we don't do it every Friday, but we do it a lot of Fridays. But after... Well, I'll just let Eric. Eric, you've got it. Yeah, it's it's a football Friday. Well, it's Burnsy. a football Friday we, uh, poll question. Run with Friday it. at the gym, we have partner workouts. Friday at the gym is a partner workout. You and a partner workout. There's a certain amount of time to get stuff done. Who was your partner today? Uh, this guy, Steve. Steve? Yeah. All right. Did you outwork Steve? Well, there's running, and then there was uh, uh, clean to jerks with the bar. I think that's a no. I think that's a big, hard no. No, we're a team. We're a team. <laughs> but did we're you outwork to, him? But, but did you outwork him? Yes. Okay. There you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I've had those partner workouts, too. You always know when you're carrying the other dude or the other yeah. dude's carrying Come you. Come on, Steve. It's, My it's, thing is, like... But, what, what, like, we had to run on every, like, we had five sets of something, and each one had, had like, a 200-meter run. thing is, like, I'm really fast. Like, I, like that, I still, like, I can run really fast, so that gives me, like, a big head start. Run, Forrest, run. That's going to be the next poll question. I, I Who's can, faster, Steve or Gamba? I can run, I can run fast. <laughs> right now, Steve is out there listening, going, Holy Steve crap. was a great partner. What I'm do to you. Oh, he was a great partner. He's like, I thought I worked pretty hard today, I man. I worked pretty hard today, man. Med ball, sit-ups, combination, you know. Getting humiliated on this all right, all right, all right, all right. What's the poll question? All right, right, well, speaking of humiliated, last week the Cardinals were humiliated taking on Kansas City. This week they travel up to Las Vegas taking on the Raiders. It's a Burns and Gambo tradition. It's the lot or a little score prediction. So, just a reminder, if you're choosing a team to win by a lot, that is a two-touchdown minimum. That's 14 points that they win by. You have four options for Sunday's game. Cardinals by a little, Cardinals by a lot, Raiders by a little, Raiders by a lot. I'm going Raiders by a little. There you go. Cardinals are going to be much more competitive, but I think the Raiders at home win. I'm going Raiders by a little, though I'll tell you right now, if we changed our definition of what a lot was from two touchdowns to just two scores, I would say Raiders by a lot. So our definition is two touchdowns. It's 14, 14 points. points or more, right? Okay. I I, I think it's going to be, and two scores technically point is victory. nine or more. Yeah, I, I think it's a 10-point, 10, 10 to 14-point victory for the Raiders. So technically, I'm going to say Raiders by a little. I think it's going to flirt with a lot. This one is a close one, but leading the way, 34.4% agreeing with both of you is Raiders by a little. In second place, at 31.3% is Raiders by a lot. That means 65% of people are picking the Raiders to win this game. In third place is Cardinals by a little at 28.3%. And all the way down in last is Cardinals by a lot, 
Cardinals by a lot would be a lot of fun. Yeah. It would be a lot of fun. I would enjoy that. It'd be funny. And then I could just come in here and say, I was wrong. (laughs) And I've never been happier to be wrong in my entire life. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate it. You can find our poll question on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. One word, at Burns and Gambo is where you can find it on the old social media. The pitch. A little pop fly. That's going to be caught by Rojas and over. Five of the seven innings for Dre Jameson in his rookie outing here tonight have been one, two, threes at 89 pitches as he heads to the dugout. Yeah, that shot of Jameson went down really Man. well last night. That went down oh. really, really well. That was yeah. good. It, it was It was so great to see. There, there's a stat. So I thought I think I heard Bickley and Murata talking about this. That's the fastest, uh, uh, that's the best fastball a starting pitcher has had since, what, like Ruby De La Rosa since or somebody? Ruby De La, since Do you have that stat? I have it right oh, here. Give it. I didn't have that in my email because I didn't know where to find it. Okay. Um, I guess so in his, but guy, give it to in, me. In Juan Soto's first at-bat of the game, uh, Jameson fell behind 2-0. He worked his way back with five four-seam fastballs. The third of those four-seam fastballs clocked in at 98.9 miles per hour. This is Juan Soto, right? This is against Juan Soto. Okay. That's the fastest pitch a Diamondback starter has thrown since Ruby De La Rosa in 2015. And they say, was that the cold strike three? That was, it was the third. That okay, was, first pitch, one soda, right? Yeah, he was. Because I charted all of this because okay. that's how crazy. 97 mile per hour fastball to start, 85 slider, 96 strike. Then I got a 97 foul ball, and then I got a 99. That was the one. 99 miles an hour. That was the one. Did they say it was 98? They said it was 98.9. Okay. So they rounded Yeah. Well, yeah. They haven't had since Ruby De La Rosa. Ruby De La Rosa. And and by the way, just... Ruby De La Rosa's a grandpa now. Credit where credit's due. Um, Theo Mackey of AZ Central was the one who had that stat in his game report today. So thank you. Great job by him. We appreciate that. Absolutely Uh, love it. Fastest pitch by a Diamondback starter in seven years. Seven years. (laughs) Seven years. Yeah, he can Ruby De La Rosa hasn't pitched in a big league since 2017. He can rush it up there, man. Jameson can get it up oh, there in a God, hurry. He was great. He was just great. He was great. He was great. Yep. The Padres are fighting for their lives to get into the playoffs. He comes out there. First pitch to Jerkson Profar, 97. I'm like, oh, God. This is a... And he was just like to Soto, 97. Then he went slider, 96, 97, 99, 96. Called strike three. 98 miles an hour. One Soto's looking like, what am I going to do with that? Well, you're not doing anything with anything. You're not hitting anything these days. And then Machado sees a 99-mile-per-hour pitch, lines it out to center field. The D-backs have not had a guy with this swing-and-miss capability in a long time. No. The ability to miss bats. This kid's got the ability to miss bats. Every day on Baseball References' website, they put up their top performers for the day. Dre Jameson was, of course, the top pitching performer of the day on Baseball References' website. But just to show you how unusual this is the picture that they put up for Dre Jameson. Yeah, he's wearing his Amarillo sod poodles hat. They did, they don't even have the picture of him yet <laughs> in a Diamondbacks uniform. Come on, a, it's like his official media day headshot, and he's rocking the sod poodles lid. He doesn't even have a Diamondbacks hat that he's wow, wearing in the picture. Not here, man. That's he's how. Not here. And of course, by now, I think most people know this is only like the third time in 120 years that one. 
one team has had two debuts like this. I mean, two debuts of seven innings or more of scoreless baseball. Ryan Nelson did Seven scoreless. Dre Jameson Jameson did it. It happened again in 2002. Before that, it hadn't happened since 1907. I mean, this is really rarefied air type stuff. It was fun. It was fun to watch. I loved it. I loved it. little reminder of, okay, it's coming. It's coming. Be patient, Diamondback fans. I know it's been a struggle and it's been a suffer. I don't know. And it's been no fun. I get it. They're coming. Be patient. They're going to be here at some point. I don't know about you, but the crazy thing to me, and my brain keeps getting racked all of these guys are coming together like the same year. Yeah. Nelson and Jameson and Corbin Carroll and you've got Alec Thomas and you got and, and McCarthy. I'm like, Ken, I hope you can pay for all of these guys. Hey, memo to the Diamondbacks. Ken, I hope you can pay for these Memo guys. to the Diamondbacks. Don't sign any big priced free agents. Please. 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 I beg you. Eric is- do not go out there and say, you know what? We really need a third baseman. Let's spend $15 million a year on this guy. No. Save the money for the kids. You've got to let this ride. You've got something money. special. You this, do. This, consider this a 529 college education plan. Keep putting your money away <laughs> so that someday you can pay them. Yeah. I do not want. I'm telling you, I have no interest, zero, in the Diamondbacks spending big money in free agents this year. Save the money so that way you can pay these kids. 100%. I'll tell you something else real quick about that game last night. I, I gotta tell it. you, I mean, I know you're so excited about Jameson. Can tell Barthay hit a home run? No. Well, I mean, yes, he did. First time but, in a but, long time. But that's not the thing. Jake McCarthy. I, I love. Go, I can watch that dude play baseball all day. He's my favorite player all on the day. Team. I mean, I can just all day. I just like what is Jake McCarthy? Just give me Jake McCarthy in like a loop. Show me every Jake McCarthy thing that he did in a game that night. I can just watch that every morning. He's I so much fun to watch. We had him on when you were out. I yes, think. I, yeah, I, we I had him on when you were out. Good yeah. kid. Used to was a dominant high school football player and everything. Uh, love is a, listen. I love this team. I love this Diamondback team. He'd be like, he's my early leader in the clubhouse for if I'm buying a jersey from one of the guys on this team, that hard, might be the guy. He's a lunch pail, hard that nose, might, son of a gun. That might be the guy. I, I don't know if this is, I and mean, I know that outfield, it's going to be hard to carve out time for yourself in the future. I tell me Man. right now, playoffs next year or no? Uh, no. Still too are, soon. I'm going to tell, hey, I, I promise you this. They're going to be a sneaky pick by a lot of the baseball experts. I don't to make disagree. A wild card. I don't disagree with they're that. They're going to be a sneaky with the way that they've played. Yeah. They're going to be a sneaky pick to be a wild card team I, next year. I, I wouldn't, but I can see why some people would. I think next year's still just a little too soon, but I think you're right. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we know how poor the performance of the defense was on Sunday. Nobody is more accepting of that poor performance than the man who coached it. That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Soul. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. John Gamador, Dave Burns back here with you. This is Vance Joseph yesterday, the Cardinals defensive coordinator. Yeah, Isaiah Simmons, the green dots, is getting a lot of grief for the communication, the lack of communication in Sunday's game against the Chiefs. As Vance said yesterday, it wasn't just on Isaiah. It wasn't just him. It was just a total operation of playing fast, hearing the, hearing the calls, hearing the personnel, knowing your job, you know, matching their routes, you know, and that, that obviously was the biggest issue for us on defense. You know, and again, the operation wasn't tested before that game, you know, so we had no idea. 
idea how it was going to look. I was hoping it was going to look good because in practice it looked great. But in practice, it's, it's, it's no stress, right? It's a, it's a controlled environment. And I thought the operation killed us, you know, along with them being very good, you know, and that, that's a, obviously that's a, that's a double uh, sword. That line gambo. The, oh, my God. The operation wasn't, wasn't tested. tested before that game right. is the line that everybody just like, like globbed onto. Like, well, okay, there's a reason why the operation wasn't tested before yeah. the game. You guys chose not to play everybody in the preseason. That's the reason why the operation wasn't tested before the game, because you had three different opportunities in the preseason to at least throw Isaiah Simmons out there for 10 snaps, 15 snaps, 20 snaps. Just see how it was going to go. So you get the feeling that wasn't his call? Well, let me play this cut for you. You you hear anything in his voice? Let, Let me play this cut for you, and then that is the question to ask on if he might play more guys in the preseason next year. Here's what the Cards defensive coordinator said. I think any time as a coach you play that way week one, you have to go back and reevaluate. Right? That's his honest, right? That's what coaches do. You know, you have to go back and look at why it happened. And obviously, if if the process leading to that was wrong, we have to go fix it. And that's that's okay. You know, that's just being honest and being transparent and admitting when you have to coach better and go fix it. That's no one's fault. You know, it's been teams that didn't play in preseason who's played well. And it's been teams who hasn't, you know. So every team's different, you know. And um, you have to go back as a coach and just kind of evaluate your process. But I will say, okay, I want to get your reaction in 10 seconds. I just want to read this from Darren Urban's story about this today on azcardinals.com. Vance also emphasized that preseason playing time is, quote, a team decision, close quote, and the need to do it would be based on next year's team. So, again, let's go back to the question that you asked. Is, did Vance Joseph want to play guys in the preseason? Probably. And was shut down or overruled or told that's not a good idea or told that's not how we're going to do things? I think it's fair to wonder. I certainly think it's fair, to, and I think it's fair to, based off of the way he delicately answered the question and said, "Look, this, I'm just being honest with you about this, right? I'm just going to be honest with you that that, that yeah, the operation might, wasn't tested. It, it might have helped. It might have helped. I, I have to believe that right now, Vance Joseph is doing the hindsight thing and going, man, we probably should have played our guys, and not Kyler. Or are you saying, I told you, yeah, told or, you so. Or worst case scenario, told you so. I told you so. Told you we weren't ready to play. Yeah, best case scenario is, oh man, I got that wrong i should have played the guys worst case scenario is i told you guys told you guys you need to play this told you isaiah zave you guys needed to play yeah 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 he okay but now the operation's been tested so they should be a lot better against the raiders i hope so i hope so how'd you like a measure like a baseball team say you know what we're not gonna play any of our starters in spring training gotta keep them all healthy you're gonna have you we're not even gonna have no i'm not we're not gonna have any of our starters throw any innings we're gonna save them you know i think we could better many innings we could save off a guy instead of pitching like six times in <laughs> spring training and throwing yeah. eight you know 18 innings we're just nah he's gonna be terrible the first month of the season sure. but yeah we'll save him we'll yeah, save him at least yeah, yeah it's, it's, i mean come on uh, here's vance offering no excuses for how the defense performs. i'll say this about our defense i have no excuses right we have guys who can do their jobs and on sunday we didn't do it you know and that's that's my fault uh, absolutely my fault as a coach but um, we have guys who are capable so whoever plays on Sunday I expect us to play good and win look 
in some ways, the popular phrase we'd like to use here on Burns and Gambo, a knife to a gunfight. In some ways, Vance is bringing a knife to a gunfight. Certainly on Sunday against Kansas City, he was bringing a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. He had no pass rush. His secondary is all beat to hell. He's got a third-year player who's never had the green dot in his life. He's wearing the green dot out there. Um, he's going up against maybe the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He, he brought a knife to a gunfight. And if this defense doesn't get better in a hurry, uh-huh. he's going to bring a knife to a gunfight a lot of weeks in this league, right? I, I mean, that, that defense, we feared it was going to be poor all year. And I, I to put that on the feet of Vance Joseph and say, it's your fault this defense isn't getting it done. It's easy. It's convenient. I don't think it's fair, but it's certainly going to... It's reality, it, though, it, isn't it? It's, it's going to be the tone all season long if they don't get better in a big hurry. Yeah, who's yeah. going to get fired if this defense is oh, awful? Kim. Right. Who's going to get the blame? Yeah, he will. Yeah, so... He like, will, but... You know, did you draft the right guys? Did you draft the right guys for the system? Was he given the proper talent? Was there a reach in drafting the guys that they did? Are they going to take four years to develop one of the guys only to see him go off and do well somewhere else? A lot of Hassan Reddick. I mean, it's a complicated question when we start talking about blame and whose fault it is. I was thinking about Jordan Hicks because he had a good game last week. Right, he had a really good game. Jordan Hicks was. There's no nobody questioned Jordan Hicks' ability to be a smart football player and get everybody lined up right. Nobody questioned. Nobody. But your question was, you know, he's not the fastest guy out there. He can't cover anybody. He doesn't go sideline to sideline. So what did they do? They got a linebacker that's faster and stronger and could go sideline to sideline, but he doesn't have the football IQ of Jordan Hicks. Right. So, like, which, which would you rather have? Jordan Hicks will make sure everybody is lined up. And he'll make sure tackles, but he's not going to be able to run with anybody in coverage. And he's not a sideline to sideline guy. But you've got a guy now runs like a deer, hits like a Mack truck, but he doesn't have the ability to get guys lined up. So, like, which which one would you rather have? And to your point, if you've got a Jordan Hicks on your roster, you can afford to not play Jordan Hicks in the preseason. Because on week one, Jordan Hicks is going to know his job. Jordan Hicks is going to know where everybody needs to line up. You don't have to worry about getting Jordan Hicks preseason reps for him to know the defense and how it should work. The opposite is not true for Isaiah Simmons. The opposite is not true for Zayvon Collins. Now, Zayvon played the preseason, but he didn't have the green dot. It sounds like he was never going to. But but when you've got a guy like Jordan Hicks back there, I don't need to play Jordan Hicks in the preseason. He knows. He knows what he's doing. He knows this defense. He knows how to line guys up. He knows what he's doing. Isaiah didn't. And in ret- it's so easy to say this now in hindsight. And uh, trust me when I say this, this conversation is not about Kyler or the quarterback playing in the preseason. So many teams are doing that now. That ship has sailed. This conversation is about the quarterback of your defense who's never been the quarterback of your defense. And you asked him to be the quarterback of your defense in week one without giving him any live reps at all during the preseason. Looking back on it now, that was a horrible decision. That was a negligent decision. That right. was like, what were you doing? Of course, even, he needed reps. Like you need, you're going to go through growing pains because the guy needs the experience. He needs the reps. Yep. Put him out. We talk about it with Kyler. Like how many Kyler needs reps so he could read a defense. He needs more game time and reps and everything. But from the with the defensive guys, especially Zaven, like he needed as many reps. As he, he played 97 percent of the reps in week one. Like, I, like I understand you wanting to protect Kyler Murray, and make sure he doesn't get hurt. But, man, you don't have to protect every guy in that team. No, you don't. No, you don't. You have to protect everybody. You protect protect Kyler. Your quarterback goes down, you're in trouble. Protect Rodney. Protect JJ. 
To anybody protect, coming off of an injury protect or Buddha, protect the guys that when when the switch is flipped and it's time to go, you'll be ready. You to go. know what they've got. You couldn't say that about Isaiah Simmons in that. And at least you couldn't say that about Isaiah in the new role you were asking him to play. And again, they played Zavin in the preseason. I'm going to go back and look at it during the break. I'd be surprised if Jordan Hicks played a single snap of preseason football last year. Didn't have to. Didn't have to. He knows. If you know how to look that up, I'd be curious. I think I can find it. I'll, yeah. give, it a sh- I'll give it a shot. Okay. I'll, I'll test my Google abilities. Right. Okay. When we come back, though, on the Burns and Gambo show, we talk with the decision maker of the Arizona Cardinals. The guy in charge of putting the roster together. Our weekly visit with Steve Kime, the general manager of the Cardinals, is next on the Burns and Gambo show.